Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenin. Hallelujah. It's my privilege to deliver the word to you this morning. God is so good. I was, um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, and meditating on last week's um, service and thinking about some things. And, and I, I was thinking about uh, this concept of us, uh, of, um, you know, when we're feeling pressure. And, uh, and I've, I was thinking about pressure and we think about pressure. We think about like, you know, at the worst, the yuckiest thing is, is like a pimple. And <laughs> everybody knows about it. Everybody knows that because probably everybody's had one and, and, uh, and, uh, had one or two, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, like there's pressure that built and then something came out. <laughs> another, another thing that's not so, um, not so yucky, but maybe more violent is like a volcano, a volcano builds pressure. And then all of a sudden it, after the, the pressure it erupts. And so, and, uh, and so what comes out like, you know, from a pimple is, you know, it's really like sickness and disease that's in there. It's like, it's, it's, um, it's pus. It's like, it's dirt and dirty thing and dirty grime that came and came out and, you know, and then your skin can heal and look beautiful again. Um, <laughs> and a volcano, it was like, it was uh, lava and that pressure of heat and, and rock and ash and those kinds of things. Um, but what was inside them came out when the pressure built, uh, that's what came out. So, um, so we think about, like, we think about that scripture out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. And so under pressure, what's happening for you. And, uh, because like a pimple, we know what's going to come out of a pimple, a volcano. We know what's going to come out of a volcano. And, um, we don't want us to be a volcano under pressure. Or, uh, or, or be pussy under pressure. <laughs> we want to have under pressure God's word coming out of us because it's in us. And it's, uh, uh, but there's, law, it, it, there's pressure. Like a balloon, you keep on blowing it and you blow the balloon. And if you don't stop, you know what happens. So you keep on blowing, you keep on blowing, you keep on blowing. Eventually that balloon's going to pop. And we don't want that. <laughs> I, I, like, you know, don't want that popping in your face. That you don't like that. But we know that under pressure, something can pop. And what's popping under pressure? Or do we need to pop under pressure? Well, let's go to, um, first, let's go to Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians 4. And I think we'll come here in the beginning, and then we'll come here at the end. And... Uh, because we contain something. We contain God. We were, we were worshiping this, him this morning, and what came out was that he's on the inside of us. He's in us. He's living and abiding in us, and we're the temple. And uh, the temple uh, that men built was destroyed. But this temple cannot be. I mean, our earthly, our earthly body will cease, but we'll get a better body in the future. We'll get a better body. <laughs> I was talking with my students and, and one of my students was like, I'm going to get a gold body when I go to heaven. 
And I'm like, well, I don't know either way, so sure. <laughs> I'm glad you're thinking about that. <laughs> you know, that, that, that this earthly body will pass away and then we'll get this new body. But even still, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. However, and in verse uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, it says, However, we possess this precious treasure in vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. We can go out and people should go be what, like, wow, what's that? That's God coming out of us wherever we go. We are hedged in, uh, in, and pressed on every side, troubled, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and able to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. I love what um, uh, Jerry Savelle says. It's like you just, you don't, it doesn't matter how many times you fall. You just have to get up one more time. Amen. It's one more time than you fell. because yeah. And then you're up. Yeah. You're up. You just have to get up one more time. That's it. Always caring about the body, the liability, and the, exp uh, the exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered. Yeah, we're going to die. Oh, well. If we die, it's okay. If we don't, it's okay. We're good either way. I mean, it would be nice to be in heaven, but we've got, still got plans and things to do on this earth. So don't, don't you know, <laughs> don't... Well, we would desire for it, but don't desire for it just yet. I'd like to see what God's going to do in you <laughs> and do through you. Uh, so that the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. His life being made manifest in our body. As he is, so are we in the world. And there's people, and it's good to look in the Bible because then we don't have to point fingers or, you know, at anyone else. But, you know, it's here. It's here for us to look at and know, and, and it's great. And uh, aren't you glad you're not written in the Bible sometimes? <laughs> but sometimes I wish I was, you know, because there's great exploits that he did. But there's people under pressure that did great and mighty things. And even thinking about, like, King David, there was a lot of people under pressure before he was king, when he was just pre-teenage, you know. He's like, you'd think that the army of the Most High would know better, but they were cowering in fear because fear was in them. So they did what, the, what was in them. David did what was in him. What was in him? He, a king was in him. And he rose and he said, hey, wait a second. Why, are, why is this like this? This isn't supposed to be this way. And then he did something about it. So we can see, hey, wait a second. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. We can do something about it too. We can. We can. There's lots. And, and there was other people under pressure. Like Peter seemed to be under pressure all the time. And in, in, like, in, like in a matter of moments was Satan and, 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 and praised by Jesus. And like all at the same time. But when the pressure came on and, and all of a sudden Jesus has gone to heaven, he's here and, and, and they're all like asked, like people are like, what's going on? What's going on with after, after, after Pentecost? And he's saying, you defied, you denied Jesus. You did that. And under pressure, 
he did not see himself as a denier. He saw himself as forgiven. And it like like it was it wasn't even in him like to point to other people and say they deny Jesus and preach on Pentecost. He did not. And so there was people under pressure that did different things and they did mighty and great things. And today I just want to go to uh, judges and we're going to look at one guy who was under pressure. He was under great pressure. Gideon. So here he's, he's like one of those stories in between like Israel did bad in the sight of the Lord and then what was our guy and then he did some great and mighty thing and then wow look what happened it was so great and then they did, no, they did bad in the sight of the Lord again and then we hear and then we got to someone else but it's so great <laughs> that people hear from God. And here was, uh, here was a man, and he heard from the Lord, and he did great and mighty things through the Lord. And he also got credit for it, too. He got a bit of credit for it. And, uh, but before, he, before God spoke to him, he was in a situation. In his land, it was uh, owned, well, the uh, Midianites and the Amalekites and all sorts of ites had taken over their land. And so here they are the Israelites trying to live in their land, when other people have taken over. And so they would plant things and then they would have their harvest and then the Midianites would come in and burn it all. And so then, like, can you imagine after many times of this, like, the lack of food and the lack of provision that was there? And, and, and it was really bad for them. And, uh, and you, know, they, you know, they cry out to the Lord when things get bad, right? <laughs> you, can, you know what you could do is you could cry out to the Lord when things are good. And then instead of living in the cycle of bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, you could live in always in good. And I like that idea better than, um, than, you know, doing well, it being good, then we did evil, and then it was bad. I mean, you'd think they learn, but they didn't. But that's okay. That's all right. We can learn from others' mistakes. But so, so... Gideon, here's Gideon. He's like trying to hide. Like he, he has his harvest that he had and he's trying to hide it from the Midianites because like they'll take it away from him. And so he doesn't want that. He wants to feed his family. So he's taking it and he finds this, uh, this wine press and it's like down low and it's hidden. So he's like threshing and hiding, right? So he doesn't get caught with his stuff, his wheat that he had grown. And so he's doing all this and he's hiding. But wouldn't you know God finds him even when he's hiding? <laughs> and then it says in verse 11, so we're in Judges 6 and 11. And so, he, so he's hiding, doesn't want his food taken away from him. And, uh, and, and he's hiding there and just minding his own business, doing what he needs to do to survive. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, verse 11 happens. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat, uh, who sat under the oak of Orpah, um, and pertained unto Joash, uh, the Aborites, and his son, Gideon, threshing wheat on the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And his son, Gideon, he was, okay, so this angel appears, and Gideon's threshing. And then Gideon said to him, oh, no, he says in verse 12, we can't miss verse 12. And then the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. He's hiding he doesn't want his stuff taken. He's scrambling, just making sure that he's getting his wheat threshed. 
And God, here's an angel saying that he is a mighty man of valor. Valor. And we're going to see that he is one, but he doesn't appear to be one right quite that. Right, 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 right in what he's doing. And aren't you glad that God's word, what it says about you, is truer than what you might be doing in a moment <laughs> that can be covered by the, and, and washed away by the blood of Jesus? <laughs> and, and so this is his response. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why, all, why is all of this happening to us? I wonder why. But anyway, and where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now how the Lord has forgot, forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? Yes, a vicious cycle that seems to be continuing. <laughs> anyway, and the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? It's like we, God has told us what this church is going to do. Don't talk yourself out of it happening. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We've, we, like we've seen visions of this church being bigger and, and lots of people and going out and impacting the city. But never let that, those visions, talk you out of what the good things that we've been sowing into the city now and the good things that we have done now, even in a small state. It does, it's still big in his eyes. He sees mighty men and women of valor. That's what he sees. And so you should see that as well. And he said unto him, O Lord, where shall I save Israel? Like, I mean, like, here's a, like, this is the, like, the, like, big plan. And now he's like, how? How on earth? Like, isn't that just how it is? God tells you, I'm going to do this. But you're like, but how, God? And look at this. And look at my bank account. And look at this. And do you remember what happened yesterday? And what about this? And then, and then I don't think, you know what? What are you talking about, God? And so I'm like, I think he knows. Ru creator and ruler of all knows more than you do. <laughs> and he can share it with you. And he is when he's telling you his plan of what you're going to do. And she's going to say, okay, like Mary the virgin, okay. Be it according to your word. Yeah, that's right. Okay, have the Son of God. All right, sounds like a plan. I'll do it because you said it. So we could receive and do things differently. And so he's like asking the how. How am I going to do this? Behold, my family is poor. I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said of him, surely I will, uh, I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as, as one man. And he said unto him, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign. And this is where we get into trouble. If it was you, God, can you send three camels, and they can come over the horizon, and then I'll know for sure. Like, when someone talks to you and says something, they talked to you and they said something. They did. Like, you know, it happened. They said it to you, right? Like if I said, you know, that's my husband. He's my, he give me a sign. <laughs> give me a sign, you know? Like, no, it's, it's truth. It's just, I just said it out of my mouth. Who said it? I did. Pastor Ann said it. You know, God said it. And it's like, give me a sign that you said it. Like, like you know, hmm. Hmm. God really, was that really you? I don't think anyone's ever asked that question before. Never, ever. I'm sure just Gideon. Anyway, 
So, so he goes to test him, right? So he's like, okay, I'm going to make you a little gift. I'm going to make you a little meal. And he makes a little meal, you know, with, like, you know, with all the food groups, you know, meat, you know, some, a, a little cake and things like that. And he makes his little meal, he puts it on a rock, and then the angel goes, and then it, like, it, like, combusts. Like, you know, it, <laughs> you know, just, it's gone. Wow. It really was you, God. Wow. I can believe you now. What was with him before? But God's so good that he can help people even when. And then in verse 22, it says, and um, Judges 6, 22, it says, and then Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, really? I mean, like someone, he's like, you know, it's probably like, you know, like there's some things that you think about. Like you're like, well, it's obviously not a Midianite because he didn't take his stuff. Like, he didn't kill him or anything. He's like, you know, he said, like, you're a mighty man of valor and you're going to do this thing and you're going to save Israel. And, and he's like, well, after he, like, you know, takes my little gift, now, oh, that really was him. We can believe him the first time he said it. He could have believed the first time he said it. And instead, this is kind of where pressure, pressure worked to his disadvantage because he was in survival mode and he couldn't see an angel in front of him. What's pressure doing to us? Is it causing us not to see and needing a sign when he spoke to us already? A lot of us have words that God has spoken to us and I, I'm, I'm not a sign saying you that to you that they're really true. <laughs> I'm not here this morning to be that sign to you. <laughs> It was true. <laughs> and he spoke to you to do what you were to do. And sometimes things come and, and try to dissuade you and, and, and say, oh, well, no, like, you know, oh, don't you know you're who you are, little old you, the least in your father's house. No, that word was still true. He was a mighty man of valor. He may, it may have looked like he was the least in his father's house, but wait till you see what God can do. With might, and he can he turns mighty people. He he makes mighty people. He is mighty, and he makes mighty people. And so and 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 so he gets the instruction of what. What what he's supposed to do? He picks a fight. He pokes the bear, so to speak. He, God gives him this instruction. He's go take that, that idol down. That you know that altar over there. Tear it down and cut down their little little garden, their little forest for Baal. So they, the people in the area, the Midianites, they're, they're living in the area. They took over. And so they built their idol and their little garden of refuge for Baal. And so they had this, and, and God's like, go tear it down, cut those trees down. And you know what? He does it. He does do this. He does it. He listens to God's instruction. But he's like, I don't know about this. I'm going to go sneak out in the middle of the night and do this. So he goes and he sneaks out. He gets, some, he gets some buddies. And they go and they go sneak out. They get some ox and then they tear down this idol thing and the altar thing. And they, they get rid of this. They cut down the forest and, uh, in the night, right? And so then everybody wakes up and they're like, what? just happened here. Look at the, it's all gone and it's all torn down. And so this, this made some people angry, but you know what? 
They did it in the middle of the night, but it didn't take them long to figure out who did it. <laughs> they just did. They just went out and asked, and then all of a sudden, it, ooh, Gideon did it. And so, and so this whole thing caused people to be upset with Gideon. So wouldn't you know, a whole army comes and camps out in this place that was going to be the end to them. Talk about being served on a dinner platter. So, so they poke the bear, and so then everyone's uh, angry at, and uh, so and let me, let me let's see here where we, can, where, where we can jump in in verse twenty nine. It says, um, "They had said to one another, who has done this thing?'" And when they inquired, they they said, "Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing." <laughs> he did it in the middle of the night. He snuck around, but he got caught. He got caught. And then the men of the city said unto Joash, bring your son, get him out here. We're a little mad that he may die because he has cast down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down that, the grove that was beside it. And, jo- and Joash said unto the, uh, all that stood against him, what, what, will you plead with Baal? Will he, save you? Uh, will he save him? He that plead for him, let him be put to death while it yet, is yet morning. If he be God, let him be plead for himself because one has cast down his altar. Ha ha ha! They've got a little, a little, a little. They're talking. They're back talking. Trash talking. But the spirit of Lord came on Gideon and uh, on, and he blew a trumpet, and Ebenezer was gathered after him, and he sent messengers about all of Manasseh, all who are gathered after him, and he sent messengers under Asher and unto Zebulun and unto Nephtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, behold, I need a sign again. So here he needs, he needs double signs this time. So the first time he's like, okay, if this is you, God, that you know I'm supposed to do this, I'm like, I think it's you. I can tell that by how the armies are getting angry and rising up against you and coming to gather to come and kill you. I think you're the guy. <laughs> and there's no going back now. <laughs> you know when you start a plan and you just, you just have to see it through? <laughs> he's there, but he still needs some confirmation. And so he says, you know, Paul, I'll put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew is on the fleece only and it's all dry around, then I'll know it was you. And so he did it. Sure enough, fleece wet, ground dry. And he says, I just need a little bit of extra reassurance, God. But you know what I love how it is? And God's, and Gideon said unto God, let not, let not thy anger be hot against me. He knew he was being a little bit of, <laughs> a, little bit of a guy. He's like, I just need one more. I just need one more. And I just love that God is always so kind and merciful and I'll always give one more if you need one more one more (laughs) and says okay so and then so this time fleece needs to be dry and the ground wet and it was God speaking to him the whole time and yet again the fleece uh, God did what he said and that night so God did um and God did so that that night it was dry upon the fleece and only there was dew upon the ground. So Gideon now knows that, you know what, that plan that you, you know, you started, you poked the bear by taking down the altar and, and cutting down the forest. Yeah, you're in it. 
you're doing this. You, it's you. It's you. And so he needs to get his army together. And how does he get his army together? Well, he, you know, gather everybody. Oh, 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 that's too many. Never did I ever hear anyone say ever when they're fighting a war or a battle. It's all about getting as many people as you can to fight on your side and then, you know, getting the other guys. But no, God wanted this battle to be said that he was the one that was in this, that he was the one that fought this battle. And so you can't do that when it's just men fighting. So, so they gather together all the men. This is too many. So Gideon says, you know, if you're afraid, you can go. So a lot leave, but they still have a lot of guys still willing to fight. That's great that they're not fearful. And so then, okay, God says, go get them to drink. And the ones that drink, you know, carefully, like pulling it up like this and not going down to the ground, you know, because you want alert people, right? <laughs> you know, you want people that, you know, are alert. And, and you know, when, when it's time to drink, that they, they lose all alertness and they just drink and they're just focused on themselves and not focused on what's going on around them. But, yeah, so then they, they whittle themselves down to 300. 300 guys that are going to go and do this thing and go and fight. But are they, are they going to go and fight? And so we go down to verse in chapter 7. They're, they have a plan, and Gideon gets the plan from God. Um, but while all this is going, before the, all this is going on, I find it so interesting that in verse uh, 13 of um, Judges 7, it says, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. And so he's just coming, and he just happens upon a conversation. Happens upon a conversation about a guy. It's like, you know what? I had this really crazy dream. And so there's talking, right? And so Gideon comes. And this man uh, told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I was dreaming a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of the Midian, of the Midian and came unto a tent and smote it, and then it fell and it overturned, and the, and the tent lay along. So this piece of bread just falls into camp and turns the, temp ups, uh, t the tent upside down. I had this dream. Huh. Interesting dream. You know, it's not any kind of dream I would have, but this is the kind of dream he had. And so his friend, his fellow's answer said, this is nothing. I'll save the sword of Gideon and the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for, his hand has got, um, for into his hand has God delivered Midian and all the hosts. So here he is. Like, so this guy, I have a dream. Oh, that means your dream is true. He's gonna, this is going to happen. Gideon's going to do this and deliver the hand, uh, and us, they, you know, they're, them into our hands. And so Gideon hears this, and a man that had to ask an angel if he was an angel and ask God if this was instructions from, were instructions from him, all of a sudden he has a different response. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, he didn't say, hey, God, is this you? Can you confirm again for me? Can I get out another fleece and can I put it out? No, he worshipped. He knew that this was the word from God. Aren't you glad for growth? 
<laughs> that he was he was questioning God all along. But here, he didn't even hear have the dream. He didn't even have the interpretation. He just overheard a conversation and knew that it was God. Just knew it. Knew. And so what did he do? He rejoiced. He worshipped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered you into your, uh, delivered into your hand the host of Midian. And so then there here we have the plan. He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within, uh, within the pit- pitchers. And then he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, I will come outside of the camp, and it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. And when I blow this trumpet, I and all that are with me will blow your trumpets also, everyone's on the side of the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I just love how we have the sword of the Lord and Gideon. That God, he, he, he takes all the credit. But look at that. Gideon was involved with this. You're hearing God. He's given you instructions. And you're going to do something that's not kill the Midianites. Bless God, thank God. <laughs> but you're doing something. And it was because of your obedience that it's going to happen. And he wants to share credit with us. Because when you listen and obey, great things happen. And here we have a man that was obedient. He maybe needed to check with God a bit, but he was obedient. And he listened and did what he was supposed to do. And so when I blow this, so he, and, and it's so great that there's these men, this company that listened to him and followed his instructions as well. I just find it so interesting. A man that was cowering in a little vine press has 300 men listening to him and watching him and obeying him and doing what he says to do. Like that's amazing that he can boldly say this. He's going from someone who cowered to someone who knows that what God said is going to happen. We're walking victorious. There's things that are happening right now that don't look like victory and that look like a little bit of pressure. But they're nothing. They're nothing compared to what God wants to do in us and through us. And don't be dissuaded by a little distraction or a little pressure that cannot break you. So they listen, they do what he says. And so so Gideon and the 300 men that were with him came to the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle of the watch and they had but newly set the watch and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hand. And the three companies blew the trumpets, they listened and they watched and they did the same thing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And they stood, every man in his place, around the camp. And the whole, all the hosts ran and cried and fled. It was utter chaos. And the 300 blew the trumpets, and the, um, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout the host. And the host fled to lots of places. <laughs> and the men of Israel gathered themselves together. And, uh, and, and, so, and Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains 
and come down against the Midianites. So like, this is exciting. Come on, they're going, they're leaving. Let's go get them. I find this so interesting. A man who is like cowering first is now leading people and then let's go get them. They're running, let's go get them. <laughs> and he was so excited. He's like go running off and going. And when they, t- when the, when they, later on in God's word, you can read this later, it's like they killed 120,000. Like 120,000 guys were there that, that they got. They killed most of them. And then they just ran off to, go out to get the rest. This 300 men and Gideon. God wants to, like, we should stop asking, and we've been talking about what's in our hand is not enough. It's always more than enough. It's always more than enough. And what, sh- and, and, and God showed us here that you can have all the men in the world, but it doesn't matter. What's in your hand is important. It's enough. It's more than enough. It's enough to get the job done. We just need to listen and obey and then see the enemy running and go, hey, I'm going to go get him. <laughs> I'm going to go run after him and go get him. And it was amazing what Gideon was able to accomplish by listening and obeying. It's amazing what you're going to be able to accomplish by listening and obeying. So let's go back to 2 Corinthians. What's in you? What's in you? He is in you. He's in you. He's in you. And he's called you to do something big. Called you to do something. You're not the least in your father's house. You're not the second born of a whatever. Or I'm just a this. I'm just a that. I'm just a teacher. I just teach kindergarten. That's all I do. No. I'm a child of God. I am a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror because the king lives inside of me. And it says, however, we possess this precious treasure. So we're back reading in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. We possess this precious treasure in vessels of earth that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. And Pastor Jason talked about this one Sunday. He briefly touched upon Gideon smashing the clay vessels and the lanterns appeared. And so we have this light on the inside of us and we just need to let it shine. Let it shine out and it scares people. And that's okay. It irritates people. That's a-okay. Because they can come and join us and be less irritated. That would be so nice for them. It's not of ourselves, but it's him who is working in us. The host of the Lord, uh, uh, the hand of the Lord and Gideon. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, but not cramped or crushed. We are never pressured to the point where we have to explode. We don't have to. We can let God out on our terms. 
not because we're pressed, not because circumstances or situations press us and something happens. A leak happens in my house. Praying, talking to God, you know, <laughs> decreeing favor with the insurance company, bless God. All these things that, that you know, that are, that are coming out because of a leak. It's just a leak. It's just a leak. But I am going to declare God's word for this over the situation. Of course I am. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask friends to pray for me and, you know, believe and stand with me that everything will be okay. But it's just a leak. It's just, it's just something that you're dealing with. It's just something that you have to take care of. Because you know what? I have to take care of it. You know, like, I can't let mold grow in the, in the walls. So we're going to take care of it. But I'm not going to be pressed so much that it takes me away of what I'm, God called me, called me to do, told me to do, set me to do. I'm going to still do what God told me to do. I just have to make some phone calls, do some things. And so we don't allow the pressure to press us off of what God has told us to do. Even Midian, he was pressed. Like, he, like, you know, I don't even know. Like, you know, like, he's hiding, and, like, they didn't have much food. I can imagine that must have been hard for him to watch, seeing his family without food for so often. And then, you know, even, too, can you imagine the Israelites at that time, they're, they're growing food, and, and then someone comes along and lights a fire to it and take, or takes it all, like, that they work so hard for, and then that they have nothing to show forth and nothing to feed their family? That's pressure. Pressure. But they still had a lot of people come. And they still had everything that they needed to get accomplished what they needed to accomplish. And in fact, they had too much. Too many men. They had more than enough. Because God always supplies more than enough. And he has things in your hand that he wants to multiply. And he wants to do great and mighty things in you. The sword of the Lord and me going to do something. We don't have to fight the Midianites, but we certainly have a bunch of unsaved people that need to know Jesus. We certainly have a government that needs to be changed. And it's not going to get changed by us shouting at it, being pressured, and Justin They need prayer. And they need people to come in and, and show God to them, show himself strong to them that they cannot deny and that they don't need confirmation that God is who he is, is and says what he says and does what he does. We can go in there and walk in victory. Well, I'm going to pray for us. There's something that he's having you, wanting you to do now, even now. I know he's put it on your heart and I know you've been you've been ah cuz like I'm sure that's you know what you know Gideon heard this right and then said you know go go there and tear down that altar he was like ah <laughs> but he did it he did it in the dark of night but he did it he went and did it he got caught that was what God wanted he had a plan have them so angry, get them to this place, crack those, crack those pitchers, yell and shout and show that fire. 
and they're gone. There's something that he has for you to do. It's not what Gideon did. Praise Jesus. It's not what David had to do. Praise Jesus. But there's something that you're to do. And now's the time to start speaking it out and telling others about it. Not keeping it inside. Locked in. It's time to start telling other people about it. And here is a place where you can tell people about it. You can tell us. You can tell others what God has showed you. The big things that God has showed you. You can tell others about them here. And you're not going to find laughter. You're not going to find ridicule. You're going to find people that, okay, I'll pray with you. Maybe, maybe they're one of the 300 with you on it. Maybe not. Maybe they're, you know, we have a lot of leaders here. And we're not cowering. And we've heard the word of the Lord. And we're going to go do what God told us to do. And we're going to go run after the enemy. And get them. Get them good. Because we have everything we need on the inside of us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word works, that your word is true, that we don't have to be doubters, but we are believers, that we're believers here, that we don't have to check with you to see if it really was you because we know it was you because we're your sheep and we hear your voice and you lead us to the places that we need to go. And I thank you, Lord, that we will not look at how funny things look. We won't look at the instructions and say, oh, that's strange. Oh, that's weird. Oh, God, I just need to check with you to see if that's that's what you said was true. We know it's true. We know. We know that you do great and mighty things. That you did great and mighty things through Gideon. And you wanted people to know that you were at work. You wanted to know that Gideon was involved. And you want to do big things in us. And you want others to know that we're involved. And I thank you, Lord, that we will do what you called us to do. And I thank you, Lord, for the support and love here at Celebration Life Church. That when we talk to one another about our dreams, just like that man, we listen and we hear and we know how to respond to one another. We know what to say to one another. I thank you, Lord, that you're in us here. And I thank you for the conversations that we have amongst one another that they're uplifting and they're building and they're supportive and they're encouraging. I thank you that you knit us together. And I thank you that you're showing us the ways that we're being knit that we never knew or knew before. That when we're knit together, it's very closely touched. And I thank you that, that we can trust one another here. And we can not only trust, not really trust one another, but trust you and one another. That as we talk with one another, that people are hearing from you too and are saying the things that you would have them say. That we would receive those encouraging words well. That we would receive instruction well. That we would receive everything that you would have for us in our hearts. And I thank you, Lord, that we won't be pressured by this world. We won't be pressured by circumstances to say, or do the wrong thing. But I thank you that we are not pressured, but we are led by you and moved by you. 
I thank you, Father, that those things that seem so big are just falling off like little tiny stones. Those things that seemed so big are nothing. And I thank you that we have the eyes to see you, Lord, and allow the nothing to fall to the side. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that your people see it. Your people are seeing right now those things that were big, that they thought were big, that are just just shriveling up and dying. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that this is a new year where circumstances and, and things and distractions don't do what they used to do. I thank you, Lord, for your delivering power that we're focused singly on you and that we're making choices to follow after you and we don't get distracted or pushed to the side, but follow after you easily and know that there's people following with. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at